another episode, our second episode of Poetry Up Close. This is the podcast in which I take a poem from the 20th century, so what we would call a modern poem, uh, typically American, but we'll definitely get the Brits in there at some point for sure. And I work on it uh, with you, the listener, in terms of close reading it. That's the form of explication poetry analysis that comes down to us from The New Critics, um, which I talked about in the previous episode, the introductory episode. So today what I want to do is I want to talk about Elizabeth Bishop's poem called One Art. And what I'd like to do with it is to give you essentially three ways of looking at it, Uh, three perspectives, sort of three angles, if you like. Okay, so for Elizabeth Bishop's poem, One Art, the first thing I think you have to discuss when you are discussing it is to think about it in terms of what its poetic form is. It is actually in a poetic form. Uh, It's not in free verse. In other words, it's not a poem that has line lengths more or less, um, I don't want to say at random or or arbitrarily, but but line lengths that are not um, positioned in their way by meter. Meter is that series of feet um, that you can clap to, right? So uh, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses, all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again, right? So it's got a beat, it's got a pattern, it's got a rhythm to it. Um, And typically when you're dealing with poetic form, more or less, you'll almost always have some kind of a regular meter to it. You'll have some sort of a beat pattern rhythm to it. And Elizabeth Bishop's One Art is no exception to that rule. She has a rough kind of iambic line happening here. So if you if you know an iambic line is a line that uh, has a certain pattern of, uh, of down up, and it goes usually for about four or five beats. So if it goes for four beats, it's called a tetrameter line. If it goes for five beats, it's a pentameter line. So in this case, we have a bing bop, bing bop, bing bop, bing bop, bing bop. So you've got five feet of of sort of down up stress. So it goes, the first line goes, the art of losing isn't hard to master. So you can hear those five stresses coming on the second syllable. The art of losing isn't hard to master. So there's a rough iambic pentametric line happening here. And the form, let me get to the form now, the form of Bishop's One Art is uh, a villanelle. Now, poetic form is, it's, it's also really not hard to understand. We all know what a haiku is. Um, we know what a limerick is. So there's this pattern going on where lines and end rhymes have to do certain things, right? Or there are so many beats or syllables to the line. In one art, we have the form of a villanelle. It's a French form. It's a little intricate, but it's not terribly difficult to understand. Basically, in the villanelle, we have a stanza, which is a poetry paragraph, if you like, right? So a stanza is a series of lines, and then there's the space, and then you've got more lines, etc. So you've got a stanza of three lines. So you have a, a, a line one, a line two, and a line three. 
And what happens is that the first and third lines repeat in certain ways throughout the poem. In other words, they do what we call in, in, in poetry discourse a, a refrain. They come back, right? So A1 is the first line, let's say. And we say A1 because the form asks that you put end rhyme to um, the lines. So the form here is, it's a little complex, but really it, it, it breaks down pretty easily. What you've got is you've got three lines for each stanza. And then you have one, two, three, four, five, six stanzas all told. The last stanza has four lines, and I'll get to that in a second. The first stanza gives us lines one and three, which are going to come back alternately in refrain. They're just going to come back and repeat. Now, you can repeat the entire line as it is. So, for example, um, Bishop in one art will repeat that first line, the art of losing, isn't hard to master. She'll repeat that as it is in the second stanza, in the fourth stanza, and then she'll change it just a little bit in the final stanza. She'll say the art of losing's not too hard to master, instead of saying the art of losing isn't hard to master. And then line three in the first stanza, she'll change in different ways, but she's always going to keep the word disaster. Uh, and in fact, she will always use disaster in the negative. So it's no disaster, or none of these will bring disaster, um, it wasn't a disaster, and so on. So the villanelle repeats the first and third lines, and then at the same time, you have an A-B rhyme going through it. And the A-B rhyme, the first and third lines are in uh, a rhyming A pattern. So they're, they're going to rhyme with each other. And then there's a different rhyme in the second lines of the stanzas. We'll call that the B rhyme. So basically, the breakdown is um, A1, B, A2, then A, B, A1, then A, B, A2, then A, B, A1, then A, B, A2. The last stanza, it gets a little more thrown off. It starts A, B, A1, but then you have an extra line at the end where A2 comes back, right? So that third line in the first stanza comes back, in this case, the disaster line. So this is one art by Elizabeth Bishop. The art of losing isn't hard to master. So many things seem filled with the intent to be lost that their loss is no disaster. Lose something every day. Accept the fluster of lost door keys, the hour badly spent. The art of losing isn't hard to master. Then practice losing farther, losing faster, places and names, and where it was you meant to travel. None of these will bring disaster. I lost my mother's watch. And look, my last, or next to last, of three loved houses went. The art of losing isn't hard to master. I lost two cities, lovely ones, and vaster, some realms I owned, two rivers, a continent. I miss them, but it wasn't a disaster. Even losing you, the joking voice, a gesture I love. I shan't have lied. It's evident the art of losing's not too hard to master, though it may look like, write it like disaster.
So let me give you a little line reading on this. Most of the lines in one art are clear in terms of what it is they're trying to get across to a reader. They're literal. She's literally talking about lost door keys, a badly spent hour, although we can think about many ways in which you would spend badly an hour, uh, losing places and names, literally, but also possibly, you know, also sort of maybe in her head, but literally losing places in books, losing places in her life. She talks about loved houses that went, right? Continents, cities, etc., etc. None of these are a disaster to have lost. These are literal, right? It's the art of losing that's figurative here. And this is the title of the poem, One Art. The Art of Losing. And according to the speaker of the poem, I think we can assume it's Bishop herself, the art of losing isn't hard to master. Every day, lose something. Lose something every day. Accept it as part of your life, as part of the, uh, the fact of living, if you like. The final stanza begins with a dash. So whatever that means to the poet in her mind, what we do know is on the page, the dash signals some kind of a change. And I think what we can do here is we can assume a change of consciousness, or perhaps maybe this is an aside, that, that Shakespearean aside in which the player goes from talking to another player, right? So two, two characters on stage and leans over and whispers or even shouts something to the audience in an aside in a way that the fellow character or characters on stage, the players on stage, can't hear, right? It's assumed that in, in a way the actor is talking, breaking the fourth wall and talking to the audience, or at very least it's a way of physicalizing uh, an interior monologue. So it starts with the dash, even losing you, and then parenthesis, the joking voice, a gesture I love. So the speaker loves this sarcastic or ironic tone uh, in the you, quote-unquote. And even losing you, I shan't have lied. I shall not have lied. In other words, it's not hard to master. I was able to lose you, too. It's evident the art of losing is not too hard to master, though it may look like disaster. Between look like and like disaster in the final line is another parenthesis. And the parenthesis is italicized. Write it. This is the poet-speaker Bishop herself, probably, encouraging herself to write it, to make use of the, the disaster or the not-so-disaster of her own life and um, work with it in her art, in her writing. So one art is about the art of losing. It's about the art uh, of being separated, ultimately, from the things that you love, the people and things that you love as a human being in this world that we live in. It's also, at the very end, a call to arms, if you like. It's a way in which the poet is sort of geeing herself up to keep using the sadness, the loss, the desperation, the separation of her life in the service of her art of poetry. Art is an inherently positive endeavor. Right? And so I think that 
all of this is very clear in, in Bishop's One Art. So what we have here is just by looking and thinking on the page here, we've got a villanelle, a poetic form, in which lines in refrain and repeating sounds of rhyme in the form of A-B rhymes going back and forth, and all of this uh, set out rhythmically in a rough iambic pentameter, the bing-bing five times in the line. Um, all of this, with obviously the content, the subject matter of what's being said literally, is melded together with the figurative of emotion and concern and pain and loss, but also the denial of that too, the coming to grips with that as well, to create a personal poem, both to the you of the poem, but also to the poet herself. All of this is melding together to create a personal and yet public utterance of, of, um, of how the poet feels about loss, the condition, the inherent condition of loss, the unavoidable human condition of loss and losing. To go back to something more specific, though, I'd like to talk about lines two and three. Quote, so many things seem filled with the intent to be lost, that their loss is no disaster. One of the things that strikes me about this line is that if things have the intent to be lost, then naturally it is no disaster. If, in fact, that's the way the world operates, then though it may seem like a personal disaster, though it may feel like a personal tragedy, that is the way the world operates. And so the calm, rational, dare I say almost, Buddhist mind understands this flux, this essential change of things, and recognizes that it's not unnatural. It's predictable to a certain degree, and so therefore it must be accepted. It's the Heracletian, um, one cannot step into the same river twice, that the flux, the change of things, is the foundation, is the solid, if you will, foundation of the world. In other words, the only thing that is a constant is change. Um, that's it for me, Ryan Asperson. I really appreciate you listening to the episode. Please visit the website and let me know uh, how you think I'm doing, what you think I could possibly do. Give me recommendations uh, about working with future poems. Okay. Nevertheless, thank you very, very much again for, for joining me. And I really look forward to doing this again very soon with you. And till then, bye-bye. <laughs>